I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello Broncos fans and welcome to the round two review episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch and I'm joined on the line by our good friend Simo. How you doing Simo? Yeah, better than the NRL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well we've got a bit of a weird app here as people would know obviously by now that the, um, the NRL is kind of off till further notice. So we still thought we'd do a bit of a bunnies review, have a bit of a chat, answer your questions and then we've got some other bonus episodes coming after we're doing a, um, a review of the... 2006 prelim with the well, more of it, not even a review. We're like watching it together and just talking shit while it's happening. <laughs> do that yep. later, and you'll get that sometime in the next week or two. But yeah, we thought we'd do a belayed review of this, have a bit of Broncos chat, give you guys some content still while we wait for the NRL to come back. But I'm guessing, you know, moving forward, probably do a few more of these. Um, I'm not calling it a watch party because there's two of us, <laughs> but, <laughs> but a two person watch party review of, of great Broncos games and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to do at the moment. It's, uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, we had talked about doing this in like over the off-season, but man, you've both been so lazy that we just never did it, <laughs> which is classic us. But here we are, it would be an option now for the next few weeks, and hopefully the rugby league comes back sometime before September. Yeah, I and mean, once that 58-0 happened, I checked out of rugby league until like late February. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sweet. So anyway, let's just do some quick Broncos news, even though, again, there isn't a lot of news right now. One bit of news does look like Matt Lodge will probably be playing by the time the next the season starts, essentially. He's you know a few weeks away from running. It looks like he'll probably be playing. If the season comes back, you'd, you'd probably guess he's in the team, which is a good thing considering you know Pangos will be suspended, the longest suspension ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, other news is tough news we all know around the club. Like, uh, obviously, people are losing their jobs all through league at the moment with this going on. I'm lucky to still have mine for now. We'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, we've sacked twenty odd staff. One of them being Ben Cross, which is a, which is a big sacking considering he's one of the assistants. But I guess I don't know if that means he can't come back. But yeah, he's gone for now. So I think that's uh, interesting already. Yeah, I'd say a lot of like these sackings in like general around all of this is more just like extended leave than actually properly sacked you know like when when you get all over this say like next season or whatever there's going to be those jobs you know available again you'd hope yeah i do think um there's some of the clubs us being one of them and the nrl run a little fat with their salaries but they've never had a reason to trim you know like there's a lot of former players working in the nrl that probably aren't earning the 100% of the pay packet <laughs> you know but um, 
and maybe we thought we could get away without having Ben Cross or an assistant when the season starts again because it's a shortened season. But as you said, these kind of roles that are going away now will probably be back there next year anyway. Yeah, if not, I'm sure he'll get a job. There'll be a different club that'll hire him. That's how the NRL works. That is, mate. He'll he'll be just fine. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he stepped down as well. I mean, everyone in the league at the moment is is, is going to obviously take pay cuts or whatever and struggle in that sense. So just one of many, I guess. Um, Other news, Isaiah Parisi's drug charges came through. And as always, when when they first came out, he had like five charges. And they're all... Drug charges always sound like on paper, like serious offences. Because like buying, giving drugs to a friend is like the same charge as like running a heroin ring, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. But, but then, yeah. Anyway, he got to he got found. He pled guilty for supplying a dangerous drug. He got and uh, he has got no conviction recorded. Has community service. That's it. So potentially he'll um. Uh, the club hasn't sacked him yet, as far as I know. They stood him down. The article reported that he got sacked, but it links straight back to him being stood down. So I don't know if he's gone or not. I'll probably never plays for Brisbane anyway, but just thought I'd update people on that. He got done with supplying 3.5 grams of cocaine and 2 grams of NDMA and caught with cash for a dealer. But he just did a classic thing, like buying drugs for mates. He, didn't, he wasn't running a drug ring or anything, you know, as the charges sound. Yeah, I'm sure if he was running a proper drug ring, there'd be a lot more serious news around it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not trying to auto-defend the guy when the charges first came out, because, you know, just whatever. But I had people, like, my DMs saying, oh, my God, look at these charges. He's fucked, he's fucked, he's done this, he's done that. It's like, mate, no, he hasn't. It's like, you know, you probably have friends who get caught with, like, a with a pill at a festival when you're, like, 20, and they get done with, like, two pills they get done with, like, intent to distribute. It's like, no, they didn't <laughs> intend to distribute. Uh... Like, drug charges just sound really serious. Yeah, that's it. Uh, well, I don't think he plays for us, but hopefully he gets a, a, a future in the game because uh, any I'm always pro any more any Queenslanders playing rugby league. I'm behind them, and I guess the other news as well is that it's week old as well now. But the uh, Queensland Rugby League, any sort of rugby league, but all the late levels down from Queensland Cup down have been uh, cancelled for the season, and I, I was quite shocked with um, how soon they cancelled that. You know, it, it, in my work, I was under the impression on you know Thursday, Friday last week before they cancelled it. We had some chats with the QRL, and we're talking about you know maybe we'll get the comp back running by June. And then you know the next day is a press release, and I thought press release, oh they're going to announce they're bringing the comp back, and I click on it, it's like, well, fuck, <laughs> bringing it back in twenty twenty one. Yeah, they are bring, they are bringing it back. Um, uh. Do you feel sorry for a lot of those guys that, you know, an 18, 19-year-old are at that prove-it stage of their career and they're not getting the opportunity to do that? I feel sorry for those guys even more so than I feel sorry for first graders right now because, like, first graders right now, they'll still have a contract next year, but there's some of those guys who are, like, 19 years old, 20 years old going into an under-20 season. You've only got a year to prove yourself you're worth anything and they're not getting that anymore, which is pretty tough. Yeah, I think... The- Q Cup's just out of respect for the Capras just not showing up this year, so... That was it? And <laughs> <laughs> um, I just found it weird as well, because like, I know, obviously... Oh, fuck, I've, we all have no idea about this pandemic. I don't want to talk much about it either. I was already... We did an episode on the Boom Rookies yesterday. It's coming out this week, and I already were all tired of talking about it in that period. But it's just funny seeing it cancelled so quick, because, you know, I'm not trying to read into one day of numbers, but we've actually had the growth rate really slow down here. So what is there a world... Like, say Australia... Has no new cases of coronavirus coming end of May. Is the Queensland Cup really not going to start up again? Yeah, that's like I think 
a lot of this stuff, like I saw a lot of people talking about AFL put out their suggested restart date and the NRL for theirs was like the end of August. So it was like two months later than the AFL. And I was like, everyone was like, you know, why are they so different and stuff? I was like, man, if it was like the virus was saved tomorrow and there was no more problem or anything, like both of those comps would be starting up in like not this weekend, the one after. Like, you know, they're just, no one really has any idea what's happening and they're just all taking guesses. But in the end, the comps will start the next weekend they possibly can as soon as there's no problem anymore. Well, yeah, the NRL will definitely start as soon as possible. Then that's it. That's what they, they, it's just the way it's been reported. The worst case scenario keeps getting reported because that's what the what you know the media does in this country. But if it just said if the, if the country was clear of coronavirus by the end of May, the NRL is not waiting until September. No, <laughs> like they're just going to sit not. there and wait to start the comp. No, they want money. But um, but they, I just think maybe means for these other tiers. Say say we are through, maybe even through by June. You know, I don't think Queensland and New South Wales Rugby League will sit there and not do anything, but maybe what they'll say is that, you know, Queensland Cup was cancelled for this year, but we're going to run, you know, a round-robin tournament instead or something. They'll play something else. I think that's probably a potential thing. And I get them canning juniors, because juniors ends earlier and they don't run all year. It doesn't matter as much. But commercially, I was still surprised they cancelled um, the QR, like the Queensland Cup and New South Wales Cup levels. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's get on to a really, really late review. It feels like this game... It may, time is moving so slow right now. It feels like this game was like a month ago, but we'll get into it anyway. Anyway, the Brisbane Broncos 22, South Sydney Rabbitohs 18 at Suncorp Stadium. 20th of March 2020. Feels like it was more than 10 days ago. Anyway, the tries uh, for the Broncos, three to Katoni Staggs, one to Anthony Milford, uh, two from four conversions with the Sarko, one from one penalty goals. Over at South, you've got to try to Campbell Graham... Cody Walker, Alex Johnston, and then conversions two from three, Adam Reynolds, one from one penalty goals. The 22-18 score on the end certainly flattered south. This is probably one of our better wins in a while, if you ask me. Yeah, I think one thing, I, it kind of annoyed me how we kind of let them back in at the end. And we said the same thing after the Cowboys game. is like that scoreline flattered the Cowboys. And then it's the same thing here. And it's like... You can get away with it when we're versing that South team and that Cowboys team, but you're not going to get away with it if you do that against the Roosters or the Storm. Yeah, that's it. Now, I think that's one thing that worried me about this kind of stuff is, like, I would just love to win a game, you know, 22-4. Like, can we just do that? <laughs> like, it's been so long. Can we just comprehensively win a game and not let it lock, lock, open the door? Like, half-time, we went into half-time down, and it's great we bounce back, but it's like... Man, they had the running for eight minutes and they went into the halftime leading. Those are the things that still worry you, despite the really good performance. But yeah, you, at some point, and I know we were wild from footy again, but you, want to, you don't want to keep having to say, oh, the scoreline flattered the opposition. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just thought, too, right at the start, that tackle Stags made, he slapped the arm and made, oh, I forget who it was, uh, the Rabbitohs player on the wing there, dropped the ball. Yeah. I always just think so many times like the player dives up in the air and then they get pushed like in their body. I was like, you either need to punch the ball or like tackle the legs low and like try to drag them on the line. Yeah. And I was like, finally someone's like made a play that like to try to save the try and not just like push their body because it never works if you do that. Like you see wingers every week, they're scoring those tries. Yes, just slap the hands. It was like the guy in the nines who did stop that try. That was um, given for the dragons. Like he just grabbed the guy's wrist and pulled. It's like, yes, yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I was like, 
And that, I mean, in the context of the game too, I think that was a, a big play. Like, they don't score there, and then we end up scoring a try not long after that really at all. Um, and then we got the run of it. But, you know, I just it could have been a very different game if they scored there. Yeah, it could be. And, and I know Stags is someone I called overrated in the preseason, and he had a fantastic game in this. But this is what he's good at, is like, the tries he scored, all those things, he's great at this stuff. Get the ball, get him one-on-one, 10 to 15 out. With his low center of gravity, his power, and the way he just drives through players, he's fantastic one-on-one there. It's like, you know, he, he scored two great tries in that, and then it's supported for another one. That was, that was real nice to see. But the thing that impressed me the most out at Stags' first try, and it's very early to be giving him more credit, but Brody Croft throwing like a... A, throwing just a nice cutout pass and giving his centre time and space to take someone on one-on-one, that was a really good sign for a halfback. Yeah, and I think Staggs is also one of those players you want them to get that. Like a lot of centres, you give them one-on-one and nothing's really going to happen. But like Staggs is going to make something happen if you can give him that time. Yeah, that's it. And it was just good to see a, a nice clean ball given to him and given the opportunity because we've, we've kind of struggled with that the last couple of years. Like, how often we, we bitch when we had James Roberts, who had a stinker in this game, by the way. We used to bitch, like, man, can we not just give him some good early ball? It just never happened. And we got it to Stags in this game before Brody went off. And, you know, and, and one good thing about this, too, I thought the Brody goes off. He plays 13 minutes. But this is a team that last year we had plenty of times we had injuries and we, we fell away. We found a way to win this game without with him going off, and then Oates only went off with three to go. But we still we had Oates off off the field, and we had um, McCulloch at seven for the first half, and then Stag at seven for the second half. But we found a way to win, which is just a big characteristic change from what this team was last year for mine. And I guess it shows a bit of maturation in the young players. Yeah, um, like a lot of my notes I've got here are just they mean nothing to me because it's been like a week since I or a week and a half since I saw the game. It's just like random words. But I thought one thing I was very happy with was when Croft went off. I mean, it was felt bizarre being upset that Croft was going off because he was playing really well. But I was very glad that they just put Macca at seven and didn't try to, like, shuffle the whole spine around. And I was like, we could just hide Macca and, like, no one passed him the ball. Um, but I just thought it worked a lot better keeping Turpin at nine and then Milford just kind of played a lot more of, you know... Six and seven together. Yeah, I agree with that. And actually, it's, uh, this is—I'll I'll give Seabold credit for this. By the way, he had balls to realise that was the wrong call at half time, and change that. Move McCulloch from seven. So, like, I hated McCulloch at seven. I get why he did it, but I liked that he moved Stags. Even didn't work out. Though, sorry, even though Stags didn't really play seven, even though he was running the ball, they didn't really do anything that a halfback does. McCulloch was killing me. Oh, this on the field in general. Let's be honest. Yeah, I just thought um, if you're going to have someone somewhere, I'd much rather Turpin be staying at nine. Just the whole thing, you know, nine touches the ball more than anyone, and I'd rather that be Turpin with the way he plays than Macca. That's it. That's why I liked when Staggs went on there and then Turpin stayed yeah. at nine. I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Yep. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things that just we're going to have to talk about in this game, but that Milford try, I just... Oh, it, it just warms my heart. Yeah, I mean... It was some throwback Milford stuff and the things we wanted to see him going back to the six. But like the fact that he ran away from the try line and still scored is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I just um, I've spent a lot of the last week watching like 2015-16 highlights and yeah, that's it's good Milford. But I was like, yeah, no one ever runs like that. Like people just 
they get he would most people would just get to like the ten meter and then just get tackled and then he starts running backwards and sideways and it's just it's fun to watch. That's it. And I think the first things from the first two games this year I've liked the most, and you said it they're fun to watch is like last year I couldn't stand the Broncos because I found it's not fun to watch and not very good. I can cop us like being like the fifth or sixth best team in the competition if we are fun to watch still. That's why we watch the game in the end for enjoyment and you know, tries like Milford's this week. And uh, for feeders the week prior, you know, these are the things that keep you watching the team and getting behind them. And that was it. I was getting up out of my chair yelling at Milford to score there and just going himself. And he did. And it's just like, yeah, these are the talented players we have. Let's let their talents flourish. Let Milford run. It's great. Yeah, I mean, like, as much as, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you want to see your team win premierships. But it's also nice to enjoy your football team as a hobby that you do every weekend. That's it, mate. Because, again, one, one team wins it every year. We're not going to win it every year, but if you can enjoy the team, it matters a lot more. And it's like, you mentioned you're watching, watching a lot of 2015, 2016. You've been watching. I went back and watched a lot of 2010 and 2011, and I can remember really enjoying that team playing. Despite 2010, they missed the finals when Lockie got injured, and despite 2011, they didn't win the thing when, when Lockie broke his face. That team played expansive football, and they were a good team to watch. And then I hated about a couple of years after when we went to a boringish team, you know, from 2012 to 2014-ish without Lockyer. I never remember I didn't enjoy that team <laughs> as well, you know? Yeah, that's why I like... I know, again, we didn't win it, but that 2015 team, I just found it just so exciting to watch. And a lot of the plays between Milford and Hunt and Macca even was like... It's just a completely different player than the one he is now. That oh. try, they scored it against the Roosters in the prelim where there was about 14 back balls back on the inside. Like, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, and I know we all, it's all been obvious how far Darius Boyd has fallen, and we all know <laughs> McCulloch's fallen, but he's the one when I watch those old games. Like He was never the star of the team, but you really see how far he's fallen over the last two seasons. Hey, like... He just doesn't even look remotely like the same player anymore. Like, he was never a good ball runner, never that quick. But he at least was okay off the mark at some point, hey? McCulloch always just seems like he never has those 10 out of 10 games, but he's just consistent. And back then, it was like every week was like a 7 out of 10. And it wouldn't matter what happened, it was just consistent. That was him, he could do what he'd do. And now he's just the same, he's consistent, but it's just a 4 out of 10 every week. That's just who he is. (laughs) That's it. That's it. And I thought in this game, like, he did make mistakes at halfback, and I thought he was going to lose us the game playing there. And thank God it didn't last. Um, let's talk about the other guy that we, we, know, we know who's declined then. Why not? Darius Boyd, mate. Lockdown D. James Roberts has declined. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, how happy would he have been with that final tackle he made, eh? Like, everyone knew it was coming. You know, make some space, get it to Roberts, and he just... Makes that tackle, you just feel like you get out. He's like in your face. <laughs> That's it. And I think it's one of those things people have cr- fairly criticised Roberts for in the past. He had it at Brisbane too. He has a problem of like he hasn't got enough moves in his locker for the speed he has. And that was one of those instances where it's like if he goes in and away, he leaves Darius Boyd for dead. If he just go fangs back in and steps out, he leaves Boyd for dead. Boyd falls in a crumbled heap. But Boyd read him like a heap. Boyd knew he was going to... Sorry, read him like a book. Boyd knew he was going to try to burn him. So Boyd slid and then just chopped his legs out. And it's like, Jimmy, all you had to do was fade in and pull out and you had him. And you didn't. Yep. <laughs> and that I'm was great to happy. see. 
So was I. And, and he actually he was, he was okay defensively in this game. I'll credit him for that. He, his defense was decent. I'm still not going to talk like he had an amazing game in attack, but he also smashed Alex Johnson at some point, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, Boyd's definitely been... I mean, we know the bar is just so low at this point for him, but mm. he made a try-saving tackle against the Cowboys the week before, went, like chasing back and made a tackle back underneath the post from a, a break they made and a couple of crucial ones here. Like, he's... He's not been the worst player in the team, which is a step up from his last year. And the big step up from last year, too, is I can actually see effort. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, last year, like, we remember when he got moved to centre for that Knights game and Jesse Ramey and, like, fended oh. him into the moon. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, it, it, yeah, it never looked like if he had to put any, like, he'd make a tackle if it was easy enough for him to do. Or, But apart from that, it just he wouldn't put in the effort and he'd just ask for a penalty. And That's yeah, it. it actually looks like he's you know trying this year, which is just and in the end, like that's that's all a lot of people really like. Like obviously, you want amazing players and you want them to carve up and stuff, but like you know, players in your team that aren't the best in the world, and like at that point, at this point, that's Darius for us. Like he's not the world's greatest player, but if he puts in and tries hard, like people are happy with that. I mean, that's that's a lot of thing in rugby league in general, mate. It's, if you don't cheat us on effort, fans will be happy with you. That's like a lot of guys who are to- honest toilers have long careers. And that's it. But Darius actually putting in in these games, which he wasn't doing last year. I don't believe anybody who says he was. Him putting in makes a difference. Yep. No, that's, that's it. Um, also, yeah, and also, Sarko fullback still sick. Uh, yeah, big fan. Who else we talk about? Oh, so Tom Flegler starting, and we've been Flegler fans from way back. If you remember when I was sharing schoolboys clips <laughs> like, <laughs> in like 2016. Um, and whilst we were critical of that, I had been critical of him signing a big contract without big minutes. Good to see him play that well starting, considering we're missing so many players. But him, Carrigan and Haas all stepping up. I thought Carrigan had another had a good game too, which is good to see him step up. But Flegler's like late footwork and how hard he runs is, is awesome. And it's like, you think as a Queensland fan, you know, if the season was normal, you'd think both those would probably be good enough to play Origin because both of them are already playing better than Joe ever has for me. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting when, obviously, like, round three, say, lodges back. Mm. Like, three doesn't go into two, but, you know. Lodge and Pangai back, mate. It's and, and, and Alex oh, Glenn. Yeah. There's minutes somewhere. There's those guys that's, you know, 140-ish or 160th minutes have to be found somewhere. Yeah, it's just there's. I mean, it's good problems to have, but it's it's just going to be interesting the way they work out the rotation there. Because yeah, Flegler was just immense in this game. Like, there's not often you watch games and like Ford's like stand out to like if you you know if you're just kind of coasting and just watching the game. But like, yeah. he was like every time he touched the ball was a play that you would notice, and it was he was putting hits on it. Yeah, it was just. A, it was a really good game from him. That first 20 minutes was insane. And those are, those are the stints that win football games when someone lays a platform like that. And he was great. And, and Carrigan, you know, Carrigan, is, we talked about last year quite a bit. And we, we no, had dreams of, I didn't, we didn't need another massive impact player at lock. We just need that guy a bit of a ball distributor. Do we get through his runs and, and, and make his tackles and play all right there? And, like, Carrigan's never going to impress you in the same ways of a Haas or a feeder or a Flegler even. He can't run, run like those guys. But this is the kind of role I'd like to see him doing. Hey, like had his hands on the ball quite a bit. He defended quite well. You know, that's that is the the middle four we kind of been missing in that rotation in my book. What Joe was supposed to be. 
Yeah, I just think Joe O needs to just move him on now. Like, we don't need him. That's it. No, yeah, we. I like Joe O, but it's like, as you said, when those guys come back, where does, where does the minutes for all those guys? Like you, I'd rather see Flegler have minutes, Carrigan have minutes, Pangai, Lodge, Haas. It's like, Joe O, you know, origin forward, you know, in air quotes, um, but, you know, he'd be one I'd be... A salary to happily eat, sorry, I'll say, to let him go. See, I think last time we kind of really talked about Joe O and we were happy with him, we were like, he was the best third prop in the comp. Is it, you know, like... Fourth prop that we got to, maybe a third, yeah. Yeah, but, well, we we said third when we talked about him, but now he's our fourth, and it's like, you know, he would have a, a better role in someone else's team, So and, like, I don't think we can really pay him as much as he'd want to be the fourth prop on our bench. So, I'd, yeah, I'd be more than happy if he went somewhere else. Knights, maybe. <laughs> Knights, mate. I don't know if they take any more any, any more of our rejects, any, but maybe. We, we can hope. By the way, Flegler's first stint, by the way, he had 12 runs for 132 metres, five tackle breaks, and three offloads. <laughs> that's it's all right. It's not bad at all, mate, in one stint. I mean, that's most people are happy if that's their full game, those numbers. Yeah, that's it. And that's that's it. he's like twenty odd minutes in the first half. Okay. <laughs> that's like that well obviously a lot of it goes down to his first stint and Haas as well and that, but the first like twenty five, thirty minutes of this game, it just looked like an opposed training session really. And then we dropped the ball a couple of times in our half and like the last ten minutes also looked like an opposed training session. God, we are so bad at defending our, in our own half, aren't we? That's what worries about with this team is like we let we open the door a little and they we let other teams kick it in too easily. Hey, that's still that's still a problem. Yeah, it's it's a big problem, and that's that's how you get. We said you know like the school line flattered the bunnies. That's how this happens because you give them they don't need many opportunities. You give them three opportunities on your line and they score three tries. You know, and we have 50 opportunities on their line and get four tries, and that's where the game ends up. Yeah, that's it. But, the, um, you know, anyway, and yeah, the South, you know, that's, that's the thing. It was suck, suck leaving them back in the door because, like, their pack wasn't very good. But uh, it was also good to see Jaden Sewer just be ineffectual on the other side of the field. Like, he wasn't bad, but, like, this is, this is a good Sewer game, which is being unnoticeable. <laughs> that's what his good games are now. Yeah, I uh... Not messing him at all. That's it. Um, what else? Who else we got to talk about in this game? I think that kind of covers it. I mean, Haas was also his usual freakish self. Fafita had a decent, had a good game as well. Um, oh yeah, Reese Kennedy kind of going off the boil on him. A bit of an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, just I don't know how much we talked about stags, but I know we're like you know you well, more you so, but not the biggest fans of his defence and that, but. He has to be one of the more important people for us to score tries. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, like, Fafita and Haas and that, they'll score some, like, that Fafita try the other week. But I think Stags will do it a lot more consistently. Obviously, like, out on the edge, centre there, it's a bit easier. But got the hat-trick here and just, you know, it's so important for us in this game. Uh, he'll score a lot more than he lets in with his defence. Yeah. Yeah, he will. Okay, yeah. um, that's about all I've got for this game. Yeah, let's go on to the fan questions. Rightio. I've got one here from about three weeks back from a Facebook message. I always forget the messages people <laughs> send me, but from Sean Lounder. Uh, uh, has Bird played his last game for the Broncos? No. 
I don't think so. Maybe. But I don't think so. I don't think we need him. But I, I don't think he's going anywhere. We never needed him, so there's like that too. Yeah. Um, uh, this is good for me. I can't find my Facebook. Here we go. Uh, Cameron Beswick, to fill the current gap, can you guys give us a review of every player to ever play for the Broncos, including stats, best games, and quirky facts? Next week can be those with surnames starting A to C. Jesus, that is that is some <laughs> that request. Is, <laughs> that is a joke and a half. Um, um, yeah, probably maybe. not. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely, no. Uh, from Cruzy, he goes, if the season was to continue, do you guys think our forwards can keep up the same game intensity later in the year and continue to improve? I think the young forwards would have given the competition a good shake. Uh, if the season continues, we're probably more likely to keep that enthusiasm up for, you know, 15 games. So, yes, I think a 20, asking forwards to play like that for 24 games at their age is difficult. So I thought they'll they probably always hit a bit of a slump if it was through that shorter period, but uh, but yeah, over over the full, over the full distance now, maybe. Uh, Blake Panella, break this game into quarters and do four podcasts out of it, please. <laughs> uh, Sean, <laughs> uh, from Sean Radloff, why do wingers feel the need to rush in when there's a centre very close by? Is it just inexperience? Will it still be Boyd's last season if the NRL is cancelled this year? And are we going to re-sign Bird after how well he has gone? Oh well, I mean Bird's still. Sign for next year with always got a player option for next year, and uh, but I, I don't think we'd re-sign him if it was if it was our choice right now, just purely for cap pressure. Um, other question was about wingers charging in the centres. Like that, that's really it's that's a contextual thing, mate. I think a lot of the time they have to charge in, and, and it's easy to sit and say the wing is always at fault, but it's like you know a lot of people who have their th- their theories that the guy should have stay on his wing. That's applied at like club football level at a much slower level of rugby league. The, the, the reason why they all charge in is because they're trained to do that. Like, the most likely thing of shutting down a first-grade footballer in, if there's an overlap is jamming in and smashing the bloke than it is sitting on your wing and hope, waiting for numbers, you know? You're outnumbered, you're most likely going to concede. Your best chance is jamming in and trying to smash a bloke who's going to receive the ball. Yeah, and try to bat the ball down if you can. Um, yeah, like every wing, it's, every winger does that for every team. It, w- uh, it wouldn't be happening if, if the clubs didn't want it to happen, you know? Um, is this Boyd's last season if the NRL is cancelled? Yes. They, they, the club already said it's still his last season. Good news all round. Um, <laughs> from Jamie, Jamie Mark, can you do reviews of the six grand finals to help us through these dark times? That That is a possibility. We're on our, on our way there, aren't we, after all? so. Um, yeah, not sure what games it'll be yet, but we'll find some good ones. Uh, lastly, on Facebook from Jaden Edmonds, where were you when Lockyer scored the match winner in Origin 06? Where was I when he scored the match in Origin 06? Uh, I know where I was. So um, I used to watch... So obviously people know I moved down here as a, as a kid, down in New South Wales as a kid. If you, well, if you don't know now, you know. And um, I'd been watching Origin for a few years there with um, a, a guy I went to primary school with, his family, his um. He's a country kid, and his country parents moved into the city, and they actually moved next door to us at this point. They were friends from primary school. They moved next door to us, and we used to watch it at their house. And they're one of those families that his dad owned quite a few, owned some Pizza Huts and similar. And they were rich at one point until he got in some legal trouble. <laughs> you know, whatever he did, did something off the books at Pizza Hut that got him in trouble. But anyway, they had like one of those really early plasma TVs, like the really early one, one ones that is like twenty meters thick. 
but you know, big flat screen. We were watching it at their house, and I'd been there for the prior three series when we lost, and get just copying that shit as like the only Queensland kid in the room for for three years in a row. And I remember winning this game and me not shutting up for about an hour. <laughs> I remember being there, and then. Stop getting invites to those Origin parties about two years later. <laughs> Stop getting invites. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> um, well, my story is not anywhere near as good as that. I was in a South African airport and I couldn't watch the game live. I just had to watch it later. So that's my story. Uh, from Pythago NRL, given the mighty Brisbane Broncos are undefeated in 2020, should the NRL award us the premiership? Should we be prepared to accept 0.2 of a premiership if footy doesn't return this year? I'd take zero point two. Yes, I'll take anything. <laughs> <laughs> anything. We'll take uh, from anything. Corey Goats, which player is going to get super fat during isolation? No points for saying Milford. <laughs> Latrell is going to get fatter. That's like a guarantee. Fat of our players? I don't know. I mean, a lot of them live together, so they're in isolation and stuff. But they'd be a lot of them be pushing each other to to stay motivated. Um... And you can still exercise by the way. You can still leave the house. Like I think there's a story on the Broncos website, like Tavita Pangai was isolation training with Quade Cooper. Yeah, that's an interesting... We need to get Quade Cooper in the team. I don't even care. Like, We should have got him instead of Bird at that like doesn't have a position just like around the club role. Um, from Thursday Night FB, if 2020 only gives us these two games, couldn't do much better than that. A win over the Cowboys and a good win over Souths. Um... Danny Boy, nineteen ninety five. Thoughts on having one starting QB in a super flex dynasty league? Is that, oh mate, is that is that what you're stuck at? Um, by the way, uh, I got right Trubisky now. still, so you know, we'll see. <laughs> and I got some decent draft picks. So, you know, <laughs> we'll make something happen still. Uh, King Wally one. Are Brody Croft and Patrick Carrigan the best captains in rugby league history? Both have a hundred percent win rate as captains. Yes. <laughs> Definitive. Uh, from RCG Kennedy, Seb's use of the bench in 2019 was junk. Early thoughts on how he used it for the first two games. If he persists with Macker at 14, do you think we'll see him in the back row at some point or just taking minutes off Terps? Um, his bench use was garbage again, by the way. like He had he had force changes, obviously, but he gave Ethan Bullimore five minutes. That's in a game that he had lost his, lost his halfback, used two interchanges on his halfback replacement, and lost a winger later. He used... One of his two bench forwards he used for five minutes, and then Kenny got twenty nine. McCulloch played forty six. Farmworth played forty. But yeah, not um, still not good use, even though there was injuries in the game. Uh, Danny Boy nineteen ninety five again. He said after that incredible solo effort, is Tony the leanest, meanest milf out there? No, oh, there might be some leaner ones, but meanest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matty McPhee twenty five. If the NRL ever returns, can the Dragons have a Sarko, please? Uh, no. Um, yeah, that's all of them. That's the last one. Yeah, sweet. Okay, that's all the questions. Is that all the... We've got 35 minutes. Yeah, whatever. That's a short podcast. You can deal with it. You got anything else to talk about before we go and record this uh, watch party? <laughs> no, I don't think I have much else. So. Yeah. And again, uh, as you guys know, we've already pretty, we're already pretty bad at sticking to a schedule. <laughs> we always have been. We might be worse now. We're, trying to, we're going to try and get you more content. But yeah, Simo said this before, but if things you want to hear or see, let us know. Please don't suggest us reading through all the plays in Broncos history. <laughs> Nobody wants uh, that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But, you know, if there's like... There could be interesting topics to do a podcast on. You know, like if there's, you know, 
a certain topic that sounds interesting, you know, I wouldn't mind. I'd do a bit of reading and research and we could talk about something, you know, in Broncos history or, you know, who knows. If there's anything you just want to suggest, feel free. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Okay. And we, we, I don't know if we might do all the grand finals. We might get to that. We have, we have access to those. And if, if you guys don't know, by the way, like obviously we'll be talking about how you can access some of the greatest games and whatever you know, over the next few days, next few episodes. But if you've got NL.com, if you sign up, every grand final is there on NL.com forward slash TV. The only grand final that's not there, and this is offensive, it's a Super League grand final. <laughs> they didn't put it on there. And they have every grand final back to 1966 on there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll fix that problem. <laughs> and I hate because in '97 they don't. So every, every all of them are tagged as grand final. In '97 they even tagged the Knights for Seagulls grand final as the ARL grand final. So it pisses me off. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Put the bloody Super League grand final on there. Yeah, I mean, like in the end, the current comp we have now is just an amalgamation of two comps. So, like, I don't know. I'm sure lots of people have the same opinion. But if you have one, you should have the other. That's it. All the Super League records count as part of NRL record books, so why is the grand final not on NRL.com? I don't know. Salty New South Wales people. That's it. <laughs> All the way to the top. Okay, let's uh, let's get out of here. Yep, righto.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 